A TV series lives three lives. The first ends with a series finale, the second with the rewatch of the series, and the third with the fan commentary podcast that accompanies the rewatch of the series. It is inevitable that they go through all three stages. The first watch will turn into a rewatch, and a rewatch into what you see before you. Travelers, a dark podcast. Everybody, welcome back to Travelers, a dark podcast. My name is Brad LeBaron, and I'm joined by my sister, Mel LeBaron. Say hey, Mel. Hey, Mel. Thank you for uh, thank you for being here on this uh, Zoom for these uh, these season finale episodes. We've been going through dark as travelers, doing a uh, second watch through as people that that know what's been going on all throughout the dark universe. We've seen all the episodes, but with this show, you, you just you just gotta watch it a couple times to uh, to really really let it sink in. And even then, I don't I don't even know it's, it it seems to seep away after a few weeks, but. Um, we finally finished season one, and uh, we are very excited to have back our episode one guest, Tim Kipples, right? Kipples? Correct. All right. Hello again. Hello, hello. Welcome back. So uh, we, uh, we started you down this, uh, this path on this journey uh, with episodes one and two, and uh, now we're at the very end of this uh, at 10, uh, 9 to 10. So... Uh, just uh, without spoiling anything, like, uh, what did you think of your dark uh, experience thus far? Well, I, I'm going to say what I already said uh, when you asked me the first time. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a problem that I'm only allowed to watch the first uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's very difficult, not just you know to keep watching. It is. It is. Even in this a second time through, I just want to keep on watching you know it's very addictive yeah, so I'm, I'm very glad that after recording this podcast i will finally find out what uh, season two will bring yes yeah oh man i'm sure you're because it, it's such a it's such a, a cliffhanger here um so yeah yeah i'm sure that you're after this episode you're just going to be able to like you know really go on through but then you'll have season three to uh wait for so <laughs> Which you know people yeah, used to do. People used to wait for for television to come out weekly, even you know it didn't always come out in one bunch. That's how they used to do TV. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we've been uh, we finally uh, uh, gotten to the end of it, and uh, there's a lot of twists and turns that have happened that we've talked about in these episodes with our various guests, and. Uh, yeah, really excited to uh, touch base with you again about all of these all of these things. Um, but yeah, episode uh, we're gonna be doing episodes uh, nine and ten. Uh, episode nine is everything is now, and episode ten is Alpha and Omega. So, uh, yeah, there's a uh, a lot to talk about today, guys. So uh, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to cover everything, but uh, forgive us if there is something that we miss. There's these two episodes in particular, you know, being you know season enders are just jam packed with uh, uh, information and uh, you know 
paying off things from earlier in the season and you know you guys know how tv works um so uh yeah uh episode nine though um we've uh well well, well just to, to talk a little bit about where we left off where was it on episode eight we had uh um yeah, we, we left off on the two time machines sitting on the table with Tanhouse um, and the uh, uh, with the, the cell phone that Ulrich left him. And I think that this episode starts with uh, that time machine um, doing something, right? And then um, after that, it's another one of the... Uh, introductions with like a bunch of characters um to kind of center you again you know like it this show tends to do um except this time except this time you see your actual faces um rather than pictures of all the characters it's the first time i think they do that but yeah it starts actually very uh this episode starts very like what you've kind of come to expect from a intro of a dark episode, you know, not any talking, just a, a lot of exposition, a lot of information just to refresh you as the viewer. So what did you think of the, the introduction to this one? Anyone? Mel? Tim? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, they, they, in every episode, even earlier on, they're always questioning things like, what is our purpose? You know, mm-hmm. um, lots of moral issues are brought up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Origin, beginnings, and endings, and mm-hmm. cycles. So I think it's all co- 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 uh, coalesce. Yes, sure. That works. <laughs> they all really start to coalesce. Yeah, yeah. Last two episodes. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily new they've been kind of asking these sorts of questions throughout the whole season yeah 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 yeah. um it's they're just starting to get kind of closer to each other um mm-hmm. yeah it's also the it's the uh uh in the intro it's the first time you see alexander who we will talk about a little later mm-hmm. um but it's the first time you see the young character's face um in the show like you you see him in the intro before you see him uh actually play on the screen which is interesting but mm-hmm. um yeah what did you think of um just a, a, a let's just say like maybe a little bit about uh tan house and the time machine stuff leading into this episode tim um yeah well first of all obviously i was um confused that there seem to be two sets of time machines yeah um, I'm, I'm not talking about the two devices that um that are in Tanhouse office because yes yeah. that more or less explains itself and he also explains later in the episode mm-hmm. but i i still had in my mind that the the kill chair was some sort of time machine so suddenly you see yeah. this kind of device and i thought okay why do they have a second time machine that looks so much different and obviously works in such a different way yeah um yeah that's was that's what that's yeah that was what confused me yeah why so many time time machines and and forms of time travel <laughs> you yeah. know for, 
and especially if if you have a time machine that looks rather harmless like this device why do you, why do you need a chair that kills people yes it's a very very good question <laughs> yeah yeah um because you know uh it's you're right you do have this like just this suitcase thing and then this thing that supposedly does time travel but then kills people so it's like uh how are those connected you know <laughs> but but yeah we mentioned parallels though um in this episode um where it's, where it's called you know it's called uh everything is now um and there are a few things that are happening again in both timelines that are similar. Um, specifically, I wanted to talk about Egon and Ulrich. Um, they have a lot of uh, uh, parallels that have been going on throughout the season because mm-hmm. um, Ulrich resents Egon for his uh, relationship. Well, just, you know, many things that Egon um, had put him through. And um, so Ulrich is kind of, in a way, a response to Egon in the way he polices. So, um, yeah, in, in, in this episode, we have a, um, you know, we start with, like, the younger Egon arresting and apprehending Ulrich after he had bashed Helga in the head. Um, but... Then in the future, we have an Egon that is releasing Ulrich from jail. So um, what do you guys think about those uh, storylines or any like highlights of those characters that um, you uh, enjoyed about this episode? Because um, I, really like, I really like young Egon, personally, as, a, as just a character. He's like one of my, one of my faves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously he, he takes his job very seriously. Yes. Which uh, old Egon does not so much. Yeah, yeah. He's very like much. He, old Egon is very much like mostly like lost touch with with everyone and um, kind of the core of his job. But yeah, young Egon has like pride in it still. It seems, but. Um, yeah, one thing that I think that is interesting is that um, Egon seems to be close to a lot of, like, very important aspects of the show, you know, because um, he he always gets so close to what the mystery is about this town, but not close enough to know what's happening, you know, because, like, he sees... Uh, Ulrich as an older guy but when he's younger and he says that line to him that is uh, the line from when he was a teenager oh yeah my only aim is to take many lives the more the better I feel Um, so you know they have that kind of uh, weird like chasing each other's tails kind of thing going on. Like they've kind of influenced each other's careers in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, a little side note on that. It was quite surprising for me that an old person, you know, old Egon in uh, 1986 is slightly over, is slightly over 60, probably 64, 65. 
yeah. he understands English good enough to um, to 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 understand it from this song. That's not particularly usual for old people in the 80s in Germany. Most of them were not that good with English. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's weird. Like, that line is weird because it does come up a couple times. Because, like, so he says it to... Yeah, because he says it to young Ulrich in that one scene because he hears it in the song. But then old Ulrich says it to young Egon. So, like... It makes me wonder if, like, he, like, somewhere in the depths of his mind, he knew that it was there, you know? Like, he had heard it before, but he didn't remember what from. But what he had heard it from was old Ulrich in the past, you know? But I think Egon, he's just, like, by the time he's old, he's got, like, this foggy, like, memory and stuff. So, like, he's not, like, he's not, like, trying to put the pieces together like other characters are, you know? The pieces are just, like, coming to him, but he's not, like, trying to, like... He's not putting him in the right places, or... Well, I think Egon, he, his ego has gotten the better of him. He's like, I'm right, I have a hunch, and I'm going to act on it, and I'm right. And he doesn't really seem open to... Oh, you mean old Egon? Yeah, old Egon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't seem very willing to let anyone else talk with him and brainstorm. Nope, he is on, he is on his mission and nothing will distract from what he thinks. Yeah, about. he's kind of working from um, kind of a, a resentful place. Like, um, he's not... The younger Egon is a lot more open to uh, collaboration, it seems, but yeah. older Egon is mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, kind of like Ulrich, you know, kind of a broken person that's like, you know, not doing everything right necessarily, you know. Yeah, and he gets told off for this by, by his boss. His boss explicitly says, this is not the 50s anymore, so this is uh it's not the time anymore where you were important and where you were better than everyone else uh-huh yeah kind of puts yeah. him in his place you know he's like you're three months away from retirement like just do what i say yep yeah yeah and um yeah meanwhile him and ulrich we mentioned in another episode but him and ulrich are both following their instinct and going rogue uh with their investigations and stuff so like mm. they're both literally doing the same kind of mistake which is fun too Ulrich actually reminds me of Bruce Willis in the Die Hard movies you know the way he looks like and it, it keeps getting worse from episode to episode that's true I, yeah. I never, I didn't think about that but yeah by the time he's like in that cell man he's looking really rough <laughs> yeah Ulrich has a really bad time at uh, the end of this season yeah <laughs> I mean, he did just—he did just beat a kid, uh, almost to death. So, there is that. But, yeah, he thinks that he—he he thinks that uh, he did what he did was right, and that um, he thinks that basically, like uh, 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 Egon mentions that there was two dead kids at the site, and he's like, "What? There can't be! Like, I—I I, I killed Helga. Like, it's—it's it's done. Like, I stopped it." And um, this is, like, also, I think, the first time that Ulrich is realizing that there's more to it than he 
first thought based on his hunches. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. But yeah, there's uh, there's also um, what we were talking about the we were talking about the chair um in the uh, episode. So how it's like you know what is that? How is that connected? Why is that a form of time travel? Um, but yeah, this is kind of uh, expounded upon a little bit in this episode. Um, because uh, is uh, is this the one where Noah and Helga are looking at the chair? Um, but, uh, what? Yeah, um, Helga and Noah are working on the chair. Yeah, that's right. This is when, this is the first time I think we see them working on the chair. Because there was a, there was a scene earlier in the season where they, I think they're putting Eric in the chair. Right? Mm-hmm. But you don't see who's putting Eric in the chair. Right. It's um this is the first time they with all the hints all season we finally it's kind of basically told to us that the bunker is the kill room and Noah and Helga are kind of putting it together. As <laughs> Noah knows it will work because they just need to have faith. Okay. So that gets to the theory that I wanted to bring up, yeah. and I guess they just lay it out right here, but I didn't realize my first watch through uh-huh. that the bunker was also the kill room. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> I only put that together this time. Did yeah. you, did you, wait, 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 Tim, is that something that was apparent to you watching this? Um, not at first, but I think I knew it before episode nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. Because so, I always I always thought that there was like maybe a room offset to the bunker, but really it is. I, I think what they're what they're getting at is that only in 1986 this room was used as the kill room, right? So. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's not a matter of, you know, like Mikkel said, it's not a matter of what, but when, or whatever, you know. I remember this uh, scene from 2019 when um, Charlotte searches the bunker and finds some of this wallpaper, mm-hmm. but I don't remember in which episode that yep. happens. Yep, yep. And that's something that I kind of forgot about, I think. I think that's mm-hmm. like one little... Um, a uh, little piece that I had forgotten about uh, when the reveal happened at the end of this season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a nice little clicking moment. I was like, oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, we have the conversation between uh, Noah and Helga, or middle Helga, um, and uh, yeah, basically, like Helga is is kind of done like you he wants to stop doing what they're doing like he's really he's kind of he's stands up to noah like for the first time um you see with him um but then noah gives him this big really bleak speech about existence and god and stuff um i'll scroll up right up there there's the the uh 
Oh, yeah, right here. There we go. Yeah. I'm just going to read the whole thing. Um, he has, so he says this speech about how he, uh, uh, so, so yeah, Noah is the preacher, of course. So he has this speech, ironically, about how there is no God. Like, um, you know, there never has been only, you know, th- the basically the only thing that matters is what we do. Um, but yeah, he says, um, people are, yeah, oh yeah. So Helga is like threatening him with his his tool, like he's gonna stab him in the stomach. And then Noah like gets up close to him and like kind of pushes it into him a bit, like a you know super badass move. Like yeah, stab me. Um, and then he says this uh, thing. He says people are bad, malicious, evil. L- uh, life is nothing but a huge spiral of pain. All the world. Oh, and the world is doomed to be destroyed. But this is our ark pointing at the kill chair. And I'm Noah. If we can harness this energy, we can change everything. Then we decide the world's fate, removed from all the evil and all the pain. We create a time machine. We'll reorder everything anew, the beginning and the end. So this is like the first time I think we really get to see what Noah is about, you know, Um, because... Up till now, it's just been a lot of uh, kind of smoke and mirrors with him. He's doing stuff with Bartage, but you don't really understand what that's about. Um, but yeah, here you really, really get to know, like, this guy is uh, either crazy or evil in some way. But he's definitely, like, not... Yeah, I'm getting a real feeling he's not a good guy, <laughs> you know? Um, Are we sure about that? I'm... Because... Obviously, he thinks he is one of the good guys. Maybe yes, he, he's maybe he's right. He could be right. He, he says he is fighting for the light, and that uh, that uh, Claudia, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, is uh, fighting for darkness in the shadows. He's, he's like he uses a lot of light and dark analogies, which uh, uh, come up a little more in second season. But he he definitely he like basically lays out though the framework of um you know what the fight is that he sees um but yeah let's uh, let's actually talk about that uh this is got the episode that reveals who the uh wispy haired old lady is so we finally found out find out that that is uh claudia um so that's uh what regina's mother that used to own the power plant. And um, all we know is that she, as far as we know, still owns the power plant in 86, but is now this disheveled old lady. So she comes back. Uh, Bartage is the only one that's home. And she tells Bartage to give Claudia, or tells Bartage to give Regina a picture, which is a picture of. Regina and Claudia. Oh my God, it's hard to uh, keep these names straight, guys. Um, but yeah, um, they finally. So so Bartos, he's never met his grandma. He thought she was dead, and he pre, he plays this pretty cool, honestly. Um, and uh, yeah, so she kind of starts things off, and then um, later in the episode. Uh, after this conversation, we find out that uh, Eival Bartage knew the conversation was going to happen, 
and B of all, like Noah gives this another speech about how uh, she represents the darkness and stuff and not to be Mm -hmm. that Jonas was lied to by her and not to be lied to by her, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff going on with, uh, with Bartage too, um, Mm -hmm. right now. Um, Oh, oh, we got to talk about the, uh, uh, we got to talk about Hannah a little bit in this episode. Oh, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she had some real moments in this episode. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. Young Hannah and old Hannah um, both have some, like, really deceptive things going on. Um, like, you know, young Hannah obviously said the, uh, uh, you know, lied about the rape thing and got Ulrich in jail. And then in this episode, she lies to, well, she, she suggests to Katerina that um, uh, Regina actually was the one that uh, told the cops because, you know, her, her uh, grandfather was the you know, uh, Egon. So she just kind of plants that seed in, in you know, Katarina's ear. And then without young Katarina and Hannah, you didn't clarify. Sorry. Sorry. I, I thought you were talking about when they were older, but then, yeah, no, 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 no. Young, young, young Hannah, um, young Hannah suggests that. And then, um, you know, plants that seed that we already know came to fruition from the other episode. Right. Um, and then uh, she also in the what was it, in the future lies to Katerina again when it comes to the uh, affair. Right. Like she basically says that she was trying to get out of the affair and Ulrich didn't want to end it, which was you know the opposite of what was true, because. She wants to destroy Ulrich. And uh, Mel, you want to share how she's going to try to destroy Ulrich? Oh, so, well, then we, we took can notes. wrap up to when, well, I guess we don't have to talk about that part yet, but, um, so way back in the past in, what year? 86. Eighty-six. Okay, mm-hmm. eighty-six. We meet uh, Alexander slash Boris, and we, as the audience, know his real name right away. There's no surprise there, but that's yeah. not well known in the Linden universe. Um. Anyway, so Boris kind of shows yeah. up. Uh, I I refer to him as Alexander usually. Alexander shows up as a teenager and he has a plastic bag with um, his original passport and then his new identity as Alexander as well as a handgun. And then um, Hannah just happens to be in the forest nearby and sees this teenage kid marry something. And when he leaves, she finds it, and she held on to it for all this time. 
And then as a grown-up, once he... So Alexander becomes the head of the nuclear plant. And so he, he is a masseuse, I guess. And Yeah, it's the he, first time we uh, hear of that. Yep, and so he is in the office at the nuclear plant, giving him a massage. And then she takes the plastic bag from 86 and lays it beneath his face from the massage table, which I liked how she did that. She's like, huh, look what I got. Mm-hmm. She's real subtle about it. Yeah, yeah. Manipulative. And he's in a very physically vulnerable position because he's lying on the table. And yeah, it's a real power play. Yeah, it's definitely a power play. Yeah. And she kind of, you know, is like, I know things about you, and I want you to destroy Ulrich's reputation. Just destroy him. Yeah, 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 yeah. She just want like, like it's kind of foreshadowed in her conversation with Katerina, uh, where she kind of plants the seed that she was, uh, uh, you know, Ulrich still wanted her. Um, so yeah, she's already like, you know, kind of began that process and now she's like going to the next step and having Kohler do what he can. Um, which is like, she's just been holding on to that for years. So we, I mean, we see her, you know, as a, as a kid in 86 and grabbing that. So she had a handgun and a passport in her possession for, for decades, which is crazy to think about, but yeah. Um, big episode for Hannah and, uh, and you know, to, to emphasize her deception and her kind of uh, uh, manipulative qualities, you know? She's a very uh, uh, complicated character. Like, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to, um, to feel sympathy for Hannah. I think because she is what's up sorry I I just wanted to add and it's not comforting to know that she owns a handgun now yeah 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 now she's got it out and she's like looking at it and stuff (laughs) you know um and she's got some really yeah bad intentions for a lot of things it seems so I think with the exception of like Jonas you know, I don't think there's a lot of people that have any uh, uh, good things to say about her. Jim, what did you think of uh, Hannah? Did yeah, in you... the first in the first few episodes, I thought she was basically a nice woman who just happened to have a lot of bad luck in her life. So I I did feel sympathy for her. It changed a little when she accused Ulrich of uh, raping Katharina, but I thought, yeah, okay, she's a 14-year-old kid. Uh, kids sometimes do stupid stuff, never mind. But mm-hmm. especially after this episode, um, yeah, everyone knows she's just a crazy bitch. Sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> no, I mean, that's it's it is like the definition. It's just... She's manipulating everyone's lives. She's creating secrets that don't need to be there. Like, she is, like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say, like, what happened and why she decided to become this person. Because, like, 
it seems like very, very early on in her life, she is just like geared to this deceptive behavior, you know? So, yeah, there's not a whole lot of sympathy for the character that she's like not written with a whole lot of sympathy, you know? Um, but yeah, I think Jonas is like the one like light in her life, you know? I think she's like the one like bright spot, like, cause he's like mostly like, mostly got like a good set of morals, um, you know, sticks to his, his, uh, beliefs about what's going on, even if it's complicated and hard. Like he could just get with Martha and ignore the aunt thing, honestly, because, you know, in the grand scheme of things in this show, I think it might be the least of the problems that he's going to face, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 complicated though because he's such a he's such a pure individual as a character, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they very. They, I, I just want to say they do a very good job encapsulating, like the feeling of being a like teenager in love. You know, like or a first love kind of thing, um, while being like this really dark, complex show that's about like you know, like the, you know, uh, questioning existence and all that kind of stuff. Like they have a very you know, beautiful kind of like love uh, story going on. Oh, one more thing I want to talk about before we get to the next episode, though, because the next episode's got really like the mo- most of the stuff because it's the last episode of the season. So, um, one scene I really enjoyed was another Katarina scene. Um, she's got a couple scenes in this episode where she is just being really well. In the past, in '86, she's being a bully. Because uh, her mother hit her as a result of the rape uh, allegation. And then she sees Regina and tries to beat her up. But then Alexander steps in and he's like, hey, don't beat her up. And then points a gun at them. It's a really intense scene. It's very good. Um, But yeah, and then in the future, you know, after Ulrich's been gone for a few days, because he's obviously in the past, um, she like busts into the police station and is like, Charlotte, where is Ulrich? And Charlotte just like, you know, bounces back in her chair. She's like, whoa. Char- the, the, the actress playing Charlotte did a great job of just being like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, she because, you know, Charlotte doesn't know where Ulrich's been. Um, she was just listening to a voicemail that he left cryptically about the past, which was like, um, it's not a matter of... Uh, who but when or something. I always forget what the actual yeah. phrase is. Um, but yeah, then, then you know, Katerina, after that, she like like barges out of the police station and then like the next scene, she barges and like is, you know, knocking on Hannah's door, trying to look for Ulrich. And then her and Hannah have that big confrontation um, where... She finally kind of tells Hannah, like, that she knows and, like, you know, really, really grills Hannah and, like, just lays into her. Um, And then, yeah, that's the scene where she finally tells, she tells that lie to uh, Katerina at that point. But I think the actress doing, playing Katerina did a great job with the, just the rage, the, the kind of mama bear rage, you know. 
but yeah, I mean, it it, uh, it does a great job, I think, of explaining Katarina's um, motivations, you know. Um, like, we know a little bit of why she might be a bully, um, and we know that she cares very deeply about her family, um, you know, based on what's happening in 2019. So, you can move along too, Mel. You can you can uh, just interrupt me yeah. anytime you want to. You have a one with a nose in front of you, so I'm like, ah. <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, we're we're pretty much done with this episode. We can go on to the episode, the 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 finale. Episode ten is a lot happens that is going to prepare us for the next two seasons. Yes, a lot of exposition. Um, well, not exposition necessarily, but just a lot of information in general. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we 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 we've we've uh, we've covered this one pretty consistently. At the end of this episode, Claudia walks into the clockmaker's, uh, yeah, shop. And before we leave this, it's really important to note that so we meet teenage Alexander, and then he goes to Claudia. He like gives me a job, and he's really persistent. And so Claudia kind of takes advantage of this strange person from this strange kid, really. Yeah. And he has him weld the door in the cave to keep the barrels uh, away to mm-hmm. avoid potential uh, nuclear spill. Yeah. And to keep it a secret from anybody in the town. Yeah. Yeah. So it's ironic that he ends up being the head honcho at the... I don't think it's ironic as much as um, intentional. Yeah. You know, because he's one of the... Cause they don't want to spread the secret to more people if they don't have to, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I, I just figured that really needs to be highlighted because it has ramifications for it. Yeah. And uh, just to go over the timeline of the barrels as of this episode... I did. Uh, um, so there was the incident, the original incident that created the uh, spillage for the barrels, right? Yeah. Um, which I'm not sure exactly when that occurs. Um, but then in 1986, that's when there is the you know cave full of barrels. And then also in 1986, she puts up the wall with the door. So the as of then, all the barrels are underground. But the barrels are moved when, I think, right before uh, they investigate the grounds in 2019. I think that's when they're moved the second time because they are moved into the back of the truck that Jonas ends up going to, or the stranger, sorry, ends up going to find the cesium. And I think showing how Claudia hires Alexander to seal the door. It kind of starts to show how old Claudia comes to play because old yeah. Claudia seems to have a lot of answers. Because she gives the blueprint of the time machine to young Tannen House uh, as old Claudia. So she's definitely on the path and she's really important because Without the, that blueprint, maybe Tannen House wouldn't have been able to make the time machine, etc. 
And okay. where did the time machine plans come from? I don't believe she said. Yeah. Goes up with the time machine blueprint. Yeah, you see, that's the that's the real thing. Is like I I've never. That's one thing I don't know if I ever figured out is like where the actual plans for this one came from. Right. Yeah. But what's weird is like about about Claudia. Just before we move on, like the the younger Claudia, as of now, doesn't seem to know much. You know, she's pretty in the dark still. Like, she knows a little bit about, like, the she knows the nuclear power plant stuff and nuclear waste, but she doesn't know that it's connected to anything. Um, yeah. And then Luda into season 10 perfectly. Because season 2? When... Episode 10? Episode, sorry, episode 10. I was about sorry. to say that. Uh, not... Where when Katarina <clears throat> stalks into the office about Ulrich, that basically notifies Charlotte that um, Ulrich is not around. And so that starts Charlotte's journey as well to be like, okay, where's Ulrich? And she eventually finds a picture of him in a mugshot in an old newspaper clipping. Yep, yep. Yeah, she uh, she's going through a bunch of old newspapers uh, from... Um, 53, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And then with the. So I can't I can't replicate it perfectly, but there's like this really cool voice, intense voice thing that they do whenever there's like something. Someone. She's discovering something and it's like she's gasping or something over and over again. Anyway, I love the I love the audio in all of these episodes um the use of the music like just the the use of uh their actual like soundtrack um mm -hmm. score or whatever very good anyway the season finale is called alpha and omega it's episode 10 and uh this is where stuff gets real weird even weirder <laughs> you know um, but it starts off by kind of, uh, answering some questions that have been on your mind the entire season. So you get to see, uh, um, Peter, the day of Mikkel's disappearance, um, drive away from the, uh, prostitute that he was going to, that, you know, we've met in the previous episodes and then... He's in the bunker when all of a sudden uh, he, he's praying, uh, you know, give me the strength to uh, change what I can and accept what I cannot, um, which he repeats to himself a lot. And then a portal opens up in front of his eyes and out pops Mads. So, um, yeah, he calls Tranta and Tranta comes over promptly and uh yeah it, essentially it, it it um it answers immediately like why they are acting so suspicious all the time and then on top of that uh old claudia walks in right after the right after they you know they both join um you know tranta and uh peter are in there so yeah, real uh real nice 
satisfying intro to the episode. Like it really, it uh, you know answered some questions that you are really, really suspicious of. So you know that the rest of it's got some cool stuff to to say. You know, what did you guys think? Although it is a bit disappointing when Claudia says, "There's a lot I have to tell you." And then you sit there and think, okay, please tell us. But <laughs> she, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this show is really good about that, isn't it? It's like there's so much that you need to know cut to a different scene. <laughs> it always happens off screen when people find out. Um, even with Bartosh, you know? You know that he knows all what's going to happen, but you don't know... You don't see the conversation happen between him and Noah where Noah tells him all that stuff. You know? You think it's just Noah being like, all right, so you're going to do this, and then your grandma's going to come over. Yeah, I know, I know. You thought your grandma was dead. But your grandma's going to come over, and, you know, I, I would love to see that kind of exchange, you know, between him and Noah. Um, But, yeah, it's a... Uh, um, you still really don't know what's going on with this this old woman or what her motivations are. Uh, you know, Noah doesn't like her, but Noah seems really evil, so maybe that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, she's still very much in mystery at uh, at this point, but we are getting more and more of her. So we know Claudia is important. We know that she becomes important, but we don't know why or how mm-hmm. or when. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we know that the the kind of mystery between Tr- Peter and Tranta is kind of solved. We still know that they're doing something that is suspicious because they're doing something for Claudia that we don't know about. Um and there is a, a part later where they're like kind of talking about what Claudia said and uh, they don't know whether or not they can completely trust her. But we'll, we'll get to the, the book a little bit later. Because um, that seems to be a huge piece of this. Actually, you want to just get into the book right now? Yeah. Like we're talking about it. So the, there's this book that's uh, been, we've seen a few times. Um, in the, it was in the possession of Noah. Uh, it's got the triketa on it. We see him like the the first time we see Noah at the church. He's got it in his hands, and uh, this is a book that several characters have possessed, and it's gone between a few. You know, it's been around, and uh, we find out that Claudia gave a copy of this book to Tranta and Peter, so they've been following this book. Um, which seems to be like, I don't know. It's, if, if it, I think it's just like events from the timelines maybe. Um, but yeah, she, they, they apparently like know that like everything that happened in the last, like however many days, like happened as happened and, you know, as Claudia said it was going to happen and what was in the book, but pages are torn out at, um, the day that the the season finale takes place in. So basically the book has run out of pages and now Tranta and Peter apparently are expecting Mads to come back alive Um, because Claudia told, that's what Claudia told Tranta apparently. Um, So 
yeah, they're waiting in the bunker uh, at the, you know, specific time. That's like, I think, the last entry in the book. But we don't know why. We don't know why, you know, how Claudia uh, uh, is, uh, you know... Why you know why they have a book that's missing pages, you know, um, and uh, why Noah also seems to have this book. So there's also there's a lot of uh, questions around this book. What do you think about this this particular item, Tim? Um, the Triketa book that's been floating around. Has this yeah, been something that you noticed? Please. Yeah, um, first of all, we, we, I would like to know what's actually in the book. Even yeah. though when, when there are some pages torn off, they, they only say, well, everything that was written in the book came, came true, but what exactly was written in the book? We, we never know that. I always wonder that myself, you know, like, like the, the big question for me is always like, how is there so much information in this book? that you know everything that happens you know like that's like either like really concise writing or like you know it it it, it does seem to be a little weird like just how much information is in this little thing you know yeah maybe there are just some important details and everything else is left out but uh, those details those details are enough to know that the book for some reason can see into the future yeah so, yeah so maybe they are just it's just enough to man manipulate them to believe that someone knows the future even though it might not be true or it's just some manipulative game that uh, huh. claudia plays we don't know yeah because that's what uh, tranta kind of voices that concern to um to peter at one point in the episode he's like you know what if she's lying to us like there's no more pages after today and uh yeah, or, or some some pages were ripped out because maybe yeah. something that was written on those pages actually did not come true uh-huh uh-huh yeah yeah and what do you think about uh uh noah's book like do you think that that's the same book or like does he have a copy of it like i, I don't know i the the one thing I will say is like it seems like Noah's book seemed a little it it didn't seem like it was missing anything. Did did it look well, like it could, what Tim? Um, it it could very well be the identical book because in the earlier episode we saw those two time machines right next to each other. You know the old uh -huh. one and the new one. Yeah, and yeah. It could it could of course be that uh, first the book was owned by Noah and then sometime in the future which we don't know about uh, claudia steals the book from him rips some pages out and uh, hands it over to um, peter and tronte yeah so it could be the same book but obviously it doesn't have to be yeah 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 well like it does it definitely looks like the same book like it's the same leather same um you know imprinted symbol you know um but yeah it's like um that's the thing with this show is like there's all these there's certain items that like just like the characters have uh lives you know they have these these lives that like like the like you said the time machine like the there's the old one and then you know the new one which is another um 
if we can transition into it, it's another interesting conversation uh, between the... Uh, it's like the last conversation we have between the time traveler, uh, the stranger, and um, Tanhouse. Because, she, um, yeah, they go into uh, the shop. Uh, uh, the stranger finally comes back in. And he notices that Tanhouse has both of these time machines displayed. Uh, one is the, you know, old weathered one that he's been carrying around. And then the other is like a brand new identical one. And um, the stranger is very surprised. Like, he's visibly like, whoa, like, I didn't, you know. He he he's he was yeah he didn't expect him to have two of them but it it, it drives home that point that there are um, yeah he, oh yeah that's right he says this is the exact this is an identical machine like this is the same machine at two different points in time because mm-hmm. like Tanhouse is you know he's he's probably the one that knows what's going on the clearest of anyone in the show even though he's not following the breadcrumbs at all but. Yeah, he immediately understands the relevance of it. He immediately understands, like, this is the same item, um, which is really... um, He kind of serves to confirm certain theories about how things operate in this uh, season. You know, he kind of, like, literally is, like... He's, like, walking exposition for the, like, background of how this works, which is nice to have as a character. You know, um, but yeah, he explains a lot in this episode. He really basically like just lays down essentially how it works. Um, and uh, and boy, all down, you get um, some of the radioactive stuff from the nuclear plant popping into the machine, mm-hmm. and it creates a black hole which starts off the time. Phenomenon. Well, it, so it, it, it takes, so, okay, Jonah, um, the stranger, um, which we'll find more about, we'll find out more about soon, um, he goes on to the back of this truck near where the prostitute is, and that's where the, uh, the uh, containers are being held, is just a semi-truck out there. And he grabs a little piece of cesium, and then he goes to the time maker, or the Tanhouse's clock shop. Um, but yeah, so he's... Uh, oh, sorry. I got I got off in the weeds. Um, so the cesium creates... Uh, uh, it gains weight, uh, basically. It adds weight to the, the molecules, and that's what creates the black hole because it collapses on itself, and that creates a Higgs field, is what he called it. And uh, that's what creates the kind of black hole that apparently makes you travel through time. I don't really know where that leap happens, where the time travel uh, part of it comes in. I get lost after the Higgs field. <laughs> but, Tim, what do you think about the explanation for the uh, the, the time travel? Do you think it's uh, a decent uh, sci-fi explanation? Um, to be honest, I didn't pay too much attention to it because uh, as I don't believe in time travel, I don't think the explanation can be physically accurate, but uh, it's let's say it's it sounds scientific enough that 
it might be true, but uh, I, I didn't actually think too much about it. I just accepted it, and yeah, that's probably what what it is. But uh, yeah. Well, I really like how um, he kind of takes. Uh, Tanhouse kind of has the exact same reaction um, to learning about time travel. He's like, I, I, I feel like if he never met the stranger or Claudia or anything, he would have never thought, you know, too much about it. But since their, you know, their introduction into his life, he's like, oh, well, I guess time travel works. And I guess time travel is a thing. And he just accepts it so coolly, you know. Um so yeah, that's why I think what I mean is like what's great about that character is he's, he's like he's like the the skeptic uh, uh, scientist character that's like watching the show almost, you know. He's like, well, if I wasn't in this show, like I wouldn't believe it was happening, you know. Um, he's he's one of my favorite characters. I think he's just uh just every every like just sciency paragraph that he like says is just it's just so full of like cool science stuff you know and i love i love like star trekky kind of jargony like mumbo jumbo that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense but it's just a lot of like science stuff like crunched together it's a it's a, it's a fun sci-fi trope Oh, uh, the you want to talk about Inez and the letter? As we're talking about items here, yeah. it's another item uh, in this universe. So we find out Inez finally is able to adopt Nutel, and mm. then in twenty nineteen, Jonas goes to Inez. Is that correct? Twenty nineteen. Yes. Yes. He goes to her. And he kind of confronts her. He's like, you knew all along, didn't you, kind of thing. And yeah. she's like, yeah, at first I thought maybe he had an overactive imagination. But then, you know, I, I, I knew deep down that he was telling the truth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of brings up the butterfly. Um, it's not the it butterfly part? effect. But... Yeah, but I don't think it's the more commonly known one. No, no. It brings up a, di- a different paradox. Um, yeah. Are you a butterfly dreaming about being a person or a person dreaming about being a butterfly? So she's, she's trying, I think, like to say she's talking about more uh identity versus um ta- uh, never mind all right i'm not making sense anyway you can edit that or not but anyway well i so- i can i can jump off of that so um she was she's basically like trying to i think make him feel uh because she she thinks he's crazy right like she kind of maybe thinks he's from the future but like also she's like yeah he's probably just a you know kid because uh, she thinks that he's been traumatized, so I think she's help trying to help him uh, uh, work through that, and so she brings this up, or like you know, um, if you're like a butterfly and you wake up, or, or if you're if you have a dream that you're a butterfly, you know, living a butterfly life, and then you wake up and you're a human, like who is to say if you aren't just the butterfly living a human life in your butterfly dreams? So, and then. Um, and then um, Nickel 
says, uh, maybe I'm both. So he's yeah. like, maybe I'm in both dreams is what he basically responds with. Right. So really great. I mean, like, as someone that literally is from the future, it's like, well, I guess I'm kind of, because in this analogy, the dreams are 1986 and 2019, you know. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she's trying to kind of to comfort him and stuff, but uh, she doesn't quite know yet that there's more to it than all that. Mm, that's true. But, um, yeah, we get a re really nice uh, uh, scene with Inez and uh, Jonas, where Jonas is, like, uh, yelling at her about how messed up his life is and how, honestly, he's kind of voicing how uh, weird all of the relations have become on the show for the first time, too. You know, he kind of, because he, he's like, um, you know, you know, he's yelling at her. He's like, I find out that uh, Martha's my aunt and, you know, my grandparents are this, this, and this. And, like, I think it's the first time in the show he lays out the, like, alternate family tree that is actually the family tree, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, he, uh, yeah, he also gets the letter back, which he just burnt at the end of the uh, previous episode. So it's, I think, the first time, one of the first times that Jonas is starting to understand how all of this works. You know, because before, like, he, he's been, he's done the time travel and stuff, but I don't think he understands that, like, you know, how the items work and how, like, you know, it doesn't matter that he burned it then. Like, he's getting this item from his previous in the items timeline. You know, um, so she he gets the letter back, which you know we know that the stranger gets at some point. So you know, there's another you know item that's important. So we got the book, we got the we got the letter, and uh, I guess there's those necklaces all around yeah, here and there. The yeah, I, I, it's hard to keep track of the necklaces, really. <laughs> That was like maybe one of the hardest things with this season is like, wait a minute, there's like several. Um so yeah, there's that. Um the butterfly dreams. Um yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, Tim, what do you think about the kind of philosophies that they are bringing up in this series? Like, um, is there okay, I guess I guess this may be a two part question. Is German culture like, like very focused on philosophy? Because I know there's a lot of you know big, uh, uh, you know there's like you know Nietzsche and um, you know other big you know philosophies that come out of Germany. Um, is that something that's common in uh, uh, German television to be this deep into philosophy? Um, absolutely not. No, even though okay. we do have a lot of philosophers in in German history, but uh, okay. in in popular TV, this does not play any important role. Okay, okay, that's the, that was something that like I really like when I was watching this. I'm like, wow, this is really philosophy heavy. Like, are they just philosophy heavy all the time over there? Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, okay, it's that's good to know. It's just it's not like. You guys are always going on these philosophical uh, uh, conversations with each other. 
about life and death and existence. Because it's so bleak in this show. You know, everyone's just so bleak about everything. Yeah, it's good to know that that uh, that Germany isn't just a a bleak place as is represented in this small town in this show. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of small town, we should talk about these love triangles that are happening. Yes. Yes. Um, and it calls back to the parallel thing too because the original teenagers were Hannah, Katrina, and Ulrich. Mm-hmm. And now the triad is Bartos, Martha, and Jonas. Mm-hmm. So it's very, this show hammers parallel universes all, all the time and parallel stories mm-hmm. with all the different characters. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and they're also. What's and up, there's Tim? also a love triangle in the, in the uh, 1953, isn't it? At least a foreshadowed love triangle. Oh, are you talking about with like uh, Agnes and the Dopplers? Um, Agnes is the woman yeah. that moved in with Egon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because she is, I think she is trying to win over Egon's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely seems to be getting pretty close to her, like um, physically, <laughs> very close to her. Um, and uh, yeah, the the first scene where they uh, uh, where she moves in, they're both just like gawking at her. So, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely something going on there. There's some sparks, um, but it's hard to say where that's that's going. But yeah, you're right. That's another. That is another uh, love triangle, though. Um, well, possible love triangle. But yeah, this. Um, I would say the big difference, though, between them is that the love, like the secrets, and the other triangles, have nothing to do with the weird time travel stuff necessarily. <laughs> like the secrets between Bartaj and uh, Jonas. Are like the secrets between like the like the dark side and the light side, I guess, in this universe. Because um, it seems like, I mean, if we're gonna go like, just to use Star Star Wars as a reference point, Jonas would be like the apprentice of the Jedi, maybe, whereas Bartaj right now is looking like the Sith apprentice or something. You know what I mean? Like, he's talking to Noah all the time. And uh, he he knows what's going to happen in the future, but he doesn't seem like it bothers him, you know. Whereas like Jonah is like Jonas is having this like existential crisis and everything because of what he knows. So I feel like in this in this uh, uh, season, they're bo- they both have very similar um, storylines, you know, and the same girl that they're interested in. So yeah. Bartage is like Dark Jonas. Well, Bartage is more of a pawn of Noah, whereas Jonas is an independent agent as well. Mm. He's not really being manipulated by anyone so much, whereas Bartage is being groomed for sure by Noah. Well, I mean, you could maybe think that the stranger is manipulating him. What's up, Tim? Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, 
That's true. He's the one yeah. that, if anyone, has been dictating his actions. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. yeah. He shows up and he's like, hey, you can't take Mikkel because I'll stop existing. Yeah. Yeah, which is a but solid point. Noah, no, that's true. Noah does give advance notice of what's about to unfold. And uh, the stranger kind of does that, but not maybe as directly like X, Y, and Z will happen. Yeah, right? they're going by very different ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, I think, also kind of more similar to the Sith and uh, Jedi thing. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, Yoda was always mysterious or whatever, but then, like, you know, the Sith people are always like, oh, no, this is how you get power. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 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 yeah never, interesting. Um. So yeah, there's a, a lot of a lot of parallels happening that are finally not not all resolving, but um, you know I think that the it seems like the Egon and uh, uh, Ulrich thing kind of came to a, a almost a conclusion at this point because like he's in the cell now and Egon is like Egon is still very confused about what's going on, but I don't know if the parallels of their situation will continue as far as characters go. Sure. Um, at this point, they, their characters are in very different places in both the timelines. Um, but... Oh, in this episode, we have Helga's story. Helga's story is is you know mostly revealed in this episode. So we find out... Um, you know, we find out why Helga ended up in the bunker, um, yeah. in the children's room, uh, bunker. Yeah. Um, we find out that he is under Noah's control. We find out that he doesn't want to be a part of all of this. Um, and we also find out where old, uh, Helga has been hanging out. Um, so this really is, because uh, there's been a lot, you know, obviously Ulrich thought that Helga was behind everything, and uh, as a viewer, you might still think that Helga is behind some stuff because the mystery hasn't been revealed, but this episode reveals that um, at least more. Like, he's still got blood on his hands, but he's not, like, the mastermind, we find out. Although I mean, I think you could probably assume that it's Noah that's pulling the strings with Helga, you know, if you're looking, right. paying attention. There's a lot of manipulation and secrets with a lot of characters. Yeah, Noah has a lot of references, I think, to uh, chess pieces, um, mm -hmm. in in one of the speeches with I think Bartage. Um, so, yeah, he he very much. Um, yeah, he's like, everything kind of needs to be in his place, is what his philosophy seems to be. Um, but, yeah, Helga confronts Helga in this episode, too. So Helga um, first goes out to the cabin. Middle Helga is uh, confronted by old Helga. Yes, yes. Old Helga is in 1986. He stayed in the same treehouse, hunter house thing that uh, Jonas slept in uh, a few days before. And uh, 
yeah, he goes to the cabin where middle Helga is and uh, yeah, get, gives him this whole speech about how he should stop doing what he's doing and uh, how uh, Noah is an evil man and is using him and stuff. I think it's cool though that the scene starts with um, with him saying, I've old Helga like listens to himself after like the first thing he's like, oh, I've said this before. And so like he he remembers basically that he has already witnessed old Helga giving him this advice, you know? Yeah. Um which again furthers the weirdness of the time stuff cuz like I guess it makes sense since Helga was kind of crazy and had dementia, but um yeah, yeah. He seems to be very clear these uh this last episode here. Um, but yeah, after that confrontation and after, um, you know, basically Noah convinces, uh, middle Helga to keep doing what he's doing, even though he doesn't want to, there's a scene where old Helga drives a car into middle Helga in an attempt to kill him, but it doesn't work. Old Helga dies at the wheel and middle Helga is, uh injured but fine and um yeah and i think charlotte finds out about the accident too i don't know if charlotte knows that it's it's uh you know the two helgas that are involved but she definitely knows that it happens yeah exactly yeah she's starting to put together pieces she saw Ulrich's um look shot yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah, 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 yeah. So Charlotte is getting more and more deeper into this mystery. Like Charlotte so far has only, you know, scratched the surface when it comes to the time stuff. She knows about everything else, but the time stuff is still like in her blind spot. I think we should now talk about when um so okay. So Noah has a big speech with Helga in the kill room. And then they decide that the next person for the kill chair is Jonas. So that sets us off to um, when Jonas tries to visit Mikkel in the hospital, Noah is already there. And it's kind of like a trap because Noah knows what's happening, what's going to happen anyway. So he knows that Jonas is going to show up in that hospital room, correct? Mm -hmm. And so Helga has chloroform or whatever to subdue Jonas. And then when Jonas wakes up, he's in the kill room. Yep, 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 yep. And then we have the big reveal. Big reveal of season one. Yeah, so... um... Yeah, this is a question I was going to ask you, but then stopped. Tim, what did you think about the big reveal that uh, the stranger is Jonas, older Jonas? Um, To be honest, I was already quite sure that this was older Jonas. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So you in were the, in the. I remember in the first podcast, I uh, thought that the stranger was probably Mikkel. Mm-hmm. Which I was wrong about, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, later in the in the episode, I think it was my girlfriend who said he looks so much like Jonas that has to be Jonas. 
Oh, really? Just by the looks? Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch it by the looks. Like, I needed a lot yeah, more. I, I was so convinced it was someone else that we didn't know yet at the time when I watched it the first time. Oh, really? As soon as it was revealed, it was like, oh, duh. I thought it was Michael Conwald. Oh, you did. Okay. I thought it was him, but later, like after he killed himself. I know that doesn't sound like it makes sense. But because of what was going on with the stuff with the chairs, I thought that maybe, like, suicide was part of the way that you time travel huh. or something. I thought I thought there was another weird element on top of the other weird elements that <laughs> just mine, would, mine didn't pan out. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that, yeah, and I thought that maybe because of the fact that you don't really get to see the cleanup of the suicide or the aftermath of the suicide. So I was like, why is that a mystery? You know, like maybe he actually, there was no body. Um, but yeah, I had a whole bunch of weird, crazy conspiracy theories going on before this episode. Um, but yeah, no, so you saw it coming though. So, um, but what what did you think about that interaction though? Like, um about like 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 Jonas leaving himself in the chamber like that. Tim. Well, uh, fu future Jonas, uh, future Jonas already knew that this was going to happen anyway. So yeah. um, for him, for him, it was uh, let's say a, an easy business, but uh, not mm -hmm. so much for young Jonas, obviously, because he's he's trapped in the bunker, and uh, obviously he wants he wants out, and he can't understand why uh, his future self won't let him out yeah and, uh, yeah he will find out in 33 years probably yeah yeah well you know i just thought it was just like um i don't know like for me I'm, i have trouble like memorizing lines and like performing them in front of people accurately so that's the whole like trippy part about that with me in this show is like i feel like i would mess up my lines 33 years later you know, but like they just, you know, because you know what you're if you know what you're going to say, couldn't you mess up what you know you're going to say? You know, I don't know. There's like for me, it was like there's this big mental trip that I go on with that because like, how do they say it exactly how they remember it being said, knowing that they said it like that? It's like a yeah, you don't need you don't need to remember it because the when you say it, you actually say it for the first time. You just don't hear it for the first time. Oh shit. That's a good point. That's a good point. They could it's more like they forget entirely what they said and then they say it naturally. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right, Tim. That makes sense. That 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 does make sense. But yeah, this show gives me a lot of uh a lot of thoughts like that, which uh make my brain go in, th in circles. But it's definitely a little more complex than Back to the Future. Yes, uh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is uh, like you know, with with uh, what is it? We have three methods of time travel in this season. The the two suitcases and the kill chair. Well, I was gonna say the suitcase, the kill chair, and the tunnel. Oh, the tunnel, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So There's actually, another one because the you know the dead body of Mats 
which appeared in thin air that was also time travel that's true yeah how does that pan out with everything i don't know there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of uh yeah because like i i thought that michael conwald disappeared and time traveled into and became the stranger you know so yeah there there is there's still some a uh, little bit of mysteries to what's how that stuff uh, operates and why there needs to be so many ways of time travel you know cuz usually like i was saying earlier i mean it's just one per universe a lot of times you know like like back to the future it's the delorean and it's the always applies by the goes by the same rules but yeah this one they really jam in every form of time travel they can think of which is cool um but yeah i I, uh i feel like they do a you know all right job uh tying things together by the end here um we have uh oh yeah to piggyback off of what we i was saying about how Jonas, we finally find out how Jonas ends up in the kill room. And then we also find out how he gets out of it. You mean how uh, Helga how ends up in the kill room? Yeah. Time places. How do you say that? Oh, like, uh, time swap. Very. I don't know. <laughs> right. So basically. Jonas ends up in 86 and Helga, uh... No, no, no. Jonas is in 86 and Helga is in 53. And then a rift opens up in space-time and they switch. But what... Okay, well, we know, but older Jonas, well, stranger Jonas doesn't know is that Okay, oh, shit, hold on. We got to back up for a second if we're going to explain this right. So, Noah and um, and Tanhouse, uh, some information from those two is relevant here. Noah talks, or sorry, Tanhouse talks about how, like, he could maybe destroy it if he, you know, brings whatever to the origin. Um, and then Noah explains that, like, although stranger jonas thinks that by taking this to the origin that he's going to be destroying the uh uh, you know cycle he's actually creating the origin and i believe that's what creates the rift in time that jonas and uh and helga switch on although you gotta think that Jonas knew about that rift in time that was going to happen because he, at a younger stage, saw the yeah. rift occur. So, but he didn't know what caused that rift when he was younger, probably. Well, I mean, but he's okay. It happens at the same time that he does the or he he puts the time machine on in the origin. How could he not? You know. I suppose. You know, like like he knows that. Jonas is is about to see the rift in time, and then he yeah. goes and opens up the thing underneath the or by the 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 portal in the cave. Mm-hmm. So maybe Noah is under a uh, incorrect assumption 
that Jonas doesn't know what he's doing. Or maybe if Noah is right, then that would mean that the time, the the, you know the 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 timeline actually gets altered when future Jonas activates the device because then something completely new happens. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like it goes on uh, another, like it plays through a second time, like that with every everyone resetting kind of like a, a long form uh groundhog's day scenario but <laughs> instead of that it's like 99 years right <laughs> man is that how groundhog's day worked they never really explain how groundhog's day works because it's not that kind of movie but right yeah well then okay so once the two change places, Jonah um how do I describe the very last part? Mm. He's in the future. <laughs> he ends up in the future. He walks around and everything's all blown up, torn to pieces, and there's a bunch of nuclear signs and stuff, and uh he gets uh and everyone wears face masks, so COVID nineteen is still around in the yep, future. Yeah, COVID nineteen is still raging. Um, they got to be safe. Although she, she up front, she's not being safe. That's yeah, true. yeah, she has her, you know, nothing on her face. But yeah, she she uh, hits him with the the butt of her gun while she says, "Welcome to the future." Bah. So the end of the first season, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to leave us here? Real big cliffhanger. Because, like, you know, they, they do a great they do great pains to explain that it's 33 years in the past and 33 years in the future. And then at the last episode, they're like, oh, well, now you're in the further future. So how does that fit in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it... it uh, it just makes more questions than answers, maybe. But, um, and you were saying, Mel, that you think that, that or you were saying that they were, um, thinking that they might just do one season. Yeah, when this was originally made by Netflix, I was under the impression that they got the green light for season one, they weren't sure if they did a second season, so they had to kind of figure out what to do once they got renewed but this would have but they're like well this is this is a pretty solid ending we kind of answer all the points a lot of the questions that we brought up and yeah. welcome to the future is either a good bookend or a great way to bring in the next season yeah yeah i mean that's true because it forces them to then have to deal with new rules, maybe, and because, uh, like, I don't know, everything before this moment is like pretty, like all that, all the, all the um, strings are pretty connected. Yeah. What? Yeah, all of all the breadcrumbs become the loaf of bread, and you kind of see it from all angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then kind of throws everything out of the window again. 
Yeah, yeah. But wait, I just spent this whole season learning about all these things, and then what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about this, Tim? About the ending? Yeah. Well, the ending uh, made me regret that I agreed with you <laughs> only to watch uh, season one. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, uh, I bet it was really hard not to press the next button on uh, on the on the remote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this is this is maybe like, like I loved the first season, but I, like this is maybe one of the moments where I was like, okay, this is like something special. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is like really, really like, um. They really care about this universe, it seems. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, now you get to watch uh, season two. You know, you yeah, don't have yeah. to, you can, you can, you know, at least until, uh, you know, you get to the end of season two, you'll, you know, you'll be, you'll be free. <laughs> Hooray. But yeah. If you did not watch season three, until we can interview you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> think yeah, of it, fair enough. Think of it like old old school television, the way they used to do it. <laughs> that reminds me too of when I first watched this, since we didn't know there was going to be another one, I was really like sad. I was like, oh, this is really, you know, lots going on, lots of characters, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. time travel. And then I I was like, well, I guess it's probably over. And then I think like a couple of months later, Netflix was like, yeah, we'll eventually renew it. And then I got really excited again. Nice. But yeah. I wasn't sure because I watched this with uh, Brad, our guest for our episodes. Um, our seven and eight. That's yeah. not out yet, but yeah. It You'll hear be. from Brad Williams then. But no, it's Brad five and six. Was the one who turned me on to this show, and it was like brand new on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it, I I was lucky enough to have season two already out when I watched it, so um, I watched right into the next episode. Uh, so I'm like the only one here that had the uh, <laughs> experience of being able to just click next. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I did have to wait like a few months for three to come out. I kind of started watching it at the perfect time. I watched it like, like two months before season three came out. So like, I really didn't have to wait too long. So right. yeah, but yeah, it's a great, uh, yeah, great season, uh, ender, uh, they answer a lot of questions, but there's still plenty of questions. Still plenty of questions for season two and three. Um, but yeah, Tim, what do you think of, uh, uh, kind of like looking back, like, what do you think of, uh, how they, how they did here? You mean the entire thing? Well, uh, uh, initial, like, this is a great season or was it frustrating? Like, what was the experience like to watch it all the way through? Well, obviously you're thirsty for more, you know. Um, yeah, that's definitely a good sign. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was not boring, definitely. Uh -huh. And it was, yeah, it was something completely different, something that I have not watched before, nothing 
nothing comparable comes to mind. So it's it's unique. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's it does a pretty good job of uh, not really pulling off of other uh, other entertainment that's around right now. You know, it doesn't. I, I think when time travel is usually part of the story, it's usually part of the sci-fi story. Uh-huh. But in this show, that's the only sci-fi element. Everything else is just character development and trauma and storylines. There's no other fancy things, really. Yeah, yeah. That's a good um, point. And it almost feels like I could maybe be a Jonas if I, you know, stumbled upon something. Like, I can identify yeah, more yeah. as a, a lay person versus I I, I know I'll, I'm not going to be in a starship. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and another thing is usually when you have a time machine like in Back to the Future or in other movies, you can decide on where you want to go in time. And here you actually can't do this. You can go yeah. three years into the past or thirty-three years into the future, but only exactly thirty-three years. So if if you are on mm-hmm. on I don't know, thirteenth uh, of November, then you can only go to thirteenth of November, thirty-three mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really cool to how it's grounded like that. Like it, um, it establishes the rules very quickly that like, this isn't, this isn't like your normal time machine. This isn't your normal time travel. Um, it's like there's rifts in time and the rifts in time have a pattern to it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like what I'm, I think my favorite time travel story as far as like the, the, how they do the mechanics of the time travel and um, they tie up like connections pretty nicely, you know, Um, very good attention to detail. Like that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is their detail from scene to scene when it comes to things that you see, like maybe way later down the road but it connects to something earlier in the season like they do a great job of doing payoff to those things but but yeah i mean that's uh that's season one though so we're gonna wrap up uh this episode we've been um you know we've had a good good convo about it but um yeah we're gonna get into season two next week guys um so uh yeah get prepared for our conversations of episodes one and two i think there's only eight episodes of that season um and uh yeah anything that you guys want to uh plug in your uh personal lives like podcasts or tv shows or what have you i've just been reading a lot lately um i've been in the mood for short stories mm-hmm. so I've been reading a lot of short stories oh okay okay Nice, nice. Yeah, it's always good to catch up on some reading. What about you, Tim? You uh, you've been consuming any media lately? Yeah, actually, I'm also reading at the moment. Um, okay. There is a German author. His name is Sebastian Fitzek. He, I think, most of his books are also translated in English. So okay. you could give him a try. He okay. writes, uh, yeah, like like psycho thrillers. If you read some of his books, you you think this person should not be allowed to walk freely among other people because he's probably a danger to other people because he has so yeah. cra- so many crazy ideas. Uh-huh. How, do you, how do you spell that? Sebastian? 
to S that. Uh, Sebastian, sorry, uh, Sebastian in English. Uh, and then Fitzek, F-I-T-Z-E-K. Oh, okay. There he is. Yeah. But yeah, real, real dark stuff, huh? Nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tim and I yeah. definitely like the fun dark stuff. Uh, Tim and I, uh, Tim introduced me to another uh, thriller genre author. Uh, he wrote The Snowman, um, which is the third in the series, but most people have only heard of that one. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Is that uh, Norwegian, right, Jim? Yeah, Norwegian. Yeah. So, Jim and I definitely share our love for this kind of genre. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's very uh, uh, in the vein of what we're of dark a little bit. I know. I was yeah, like, huh. Yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys must be like desiring that kind of storytelling. Um. But yeah, as for me, I've been um, listening to a lot of uh, moody blues lately. Um, really enjoying some moody, moody blues. Um, and I have a couple podcasts coming out. We have more of the album concept hour coming out every week. You can check us out on uh, Spotify. And we also have uh, Rolling Stone and uh, Pick Apart the Passion also available on Spotify. So um yeah look look us up uh check out my other stuff if you uh like this and uh hopefully we will have more uh content like this coming for you guys soon but um yeah that's about all i got uh for today guys um tim thanks for joining us uh once again it's uh, really great having you for the uh, season finale and uh, i'm really excited to see what you think uh what come next season so yes. yeah but, yeah thank you very much for inviting me again i enjoyed it yeah yeah it's good to have you but uh yeah we'll uh catch everyone uh next time on travelers a dark podcast hey everybody don't uh, leave just quite yet we do have a few more minutes of discussion i left the recording going and uh tim ended up uh having a nice little history lesson with us about uh, East and West Germany and a little bit more context for the uh, uh, dark universe. So uh, yeah, stay tuned to uh, hear a little bit of that conversation. There were actually two Germanys, as you know, East and West. Oh, yeah. do, you have, do you have any idea which oh. Germany this uh, series is actually set in? That's a very good question. I didn't even think about that. Linden... Yeah, you don't need to Google Winden. That's uh, that's totally it's made up. For dark. But oh. it's it's based on a it's based on a specific town. Well, I mean, it's shot in a specific town, I guess. But... Yeah, but it it's uh, deliberately fake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looks like former West Germany currency, though. So. Yeah, right. That's correct. And. Okay. Oh, it definitely yeah. it definitely is not a socialist state. You would have noticed that in five minutes. So yeah, good point. Good point. It is. It's like very. That's why I think it translates to an American audience very easily. Is because it like the the governmental stuff is like an American town. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I was just wondering whether you had noticed that or whether you had even thought about that.
I, I completely, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that's not a huge chapter in uh, U.S. Uh, school system. We learn about it, but uh, yeah, I always. I learned about it, but I studied history in college, so I took. A yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. I always forget about the that period where there was East and West Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When did the wall come down? Was it in the eighties, Tim? Um. Yeah, it was in uh, in 1989, actually, in late 1989. Okay. Right, and the, yeah. And the reunification was in 1990. Okay. 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 Yeah. So that's pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not recent, but. 30, 30 years ago now. Oh. <laughs> I know. Every time it's something in the 90s, it's like, oh, that was like 10 years ago. And it's like, oh, no, actually not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, West Germany. Okay, that makes that makes sense. And, a, and and another fun fact, which I had prepared for the for the podcast, but there was no opportunity to to share it. But I have to share it now before I forget it. Yeah. Um, the, the car that Middle Helga drives is exactly the car that my parents had when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, really? Nice, nice. That's a cool little Easter egg for you. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I was just I I uh, I didn't have too many extra questions for you on that front this time. I'll try to be more. I'll try to have more German specific questions next time. Uh, you don't need to. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's my special field, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, while we have you, it's like you know. Yeah, no one's like, better I, to ask. I don't know if we missed any other underlying things based on it being German. Yeah, I think you you uh, you explained a lot in the first episode you were on yeah, here so, about that. So. so I didn't know if anything else German specific came up over the season or not. So I wasn't sure. Yeah, but I haven't noticed anything in particular. The most important things were already quite clear in the in the first two episodes, and we talked about that. And right. uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think um, a lot of new stuff came up, which was savior. important to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I kind of said here. So that's why I was like, well, I don't know what to ask, and I feel like we kind of did a deep dive in that. So the the one thing is, I, I did think I did make like an assumption that. Like there was a lot of this deep philosophical stuff on German TV. Yeah, I was like, because I am not, I don't have much experience yeah. with German TV, so this is like my limited, uh, you know, experience here. Um, but yeah, does, that was the one thing. Have a huge film industry, though. Well, if you compare it to Hollywood, then no, but uh-huh. um. They have yeah, something. there are some there are some German films. Yeah. A couple of years ago, a German film actually won an Oscar for best foreign film, and I highly recommend that. Which one? Yeah, which one? The uh, the lives of others. I love the lives of others. It okay. is so good. Oh and this God. one actually this this one actually plays in East Germany. Oh. Yep. Okay. It really okay. Did. It won a long time ago. I remember watching it in like undergrad or something. Yeah, yeah. It it was a couple of years ago. I I, I want to say ten years, but it's probably more than that. Huh. Yeah. The lives of two thousand six. Two thousand. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like that long ago. I guess. 
But I, I saw it um, right before the Oscars that year. Or either right before or right after, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, I think I'm going to jump off of the Zoom. Right on. I gotta take the dogs out and stuff. Right. Yep. But um. And I gotta start watching season two. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. You can move on now. <laughs> the travelers are Mel and Brad LeBaron. Special thanks to Alex Wiley Coyote for the music. Until next time. The end is the beginning. And the beginning is the end of this podcast. This has been a Revolver Audio production. Executive producer Brad LeBaron. For more podcasts, visit soundcloud.com slash revolveraudio. Or to support new content, visit co-fi.com slash revolveraudio. Revolver.